0: Hi, I'm Paddy, and I'm Ben, you're listening to That's Football. What's going on? What is going on? Hello and welcome back to another season of That's Football. The Premier League is just upon us, and so too is a new intro music.
1: I hope you guys enjoyed it. Season two is looking bright. Be focusing more on the Premier League this time, obviously, the Euros is now over. Heartbreaking for, for me personally, but it was a great Euros. Um, I think we discussed this in our last podcast, but we're looking forward now, we're looking forward to the Premier League. I think we're about five or four days away at the time of recording, and we, we're just going to talk about it. again, get our predictions in who do we think, um, who do you think with some surprise packages, maybe? Um, also put a look at a bit of the transfers, um, some transfers that we were quite, um. Impressed by maybe a bit too expensive, stuff like that. It'll just it'll just be a bit of a discussion, really. No real structure to this one.
0: Yep, so I'll start it off with a question for Ben. Now this will be a difficult one. What are you most excited about in this new Premier
1: League season? Um, apart from my own club, because I feel like you always, that's kind of inflated. Your own excitement for your own club is inflated. Uh, it's really seeing, it's the top four race plus Grealish at City.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So Grealish, um, for our audience, is just uh, about a week ago, he signed for Manchester City, the most stacked club in the league. Um, they will be one of those top four contenders, 100%. But I'm really looking forward to the relegation battle. Um, I think this year there's, there's a lot of sides who um, would be seen as those who, who'd finish 18th, 19th or 20th. Um, but I, I think they, there's going to be a lot of competition down there. You, there's, I think six or seven possible teams that you could say there's definitely a chance that they're getting relegated and another few that could definitely be in that
1: battle. For me, the relegation battle is, yeah, almost, almost as interesting as the top four. Um, I think the likes of Brentford, Norwich and Watford all bring something new to the Premier League. Obviously, Norwich played that sort of really, really attacking football um like Leeds did. However, we all know how hard it is to play that attacking football in the Premier League. And that's why really not have struggled in the past few um times they've been promoted in the Premier League. They're known as the Yo-Yo Club. They go up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's really because they don't really adapt their football to the Premier League. Um, and obviously losing Brendy to Aston Villa um is huge. He was their best player last season for them. Um, they've still got the likes of Timo Puki and Max Aaron's but um, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced on them, but I'm also, I wouldn't be surprised if they cl- um, clinched on and stayed within the Premier League. I'm, I'm a bit confused about Norwich, to be honest.
0: Yeah, they'll be, they'll be one to watch out for. These newly promoted clubs, it's so hard to, um, so hard to see uh, how they'll go without actually watching them play. Um, obviously, re- uh, match day one, match week one is, is a few days upon us. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see how these sides, especially uh, the teams that haven't been promoted uh, recently. Obviously, Brentford hasn't been in the Premier League for so many years. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, I'm really excited about uh, Ivan Tony or Ivan Tony, um, the striker for Brentford. He seems like a really exciting player, but it'll be very interesting to see how he and and the the likes of and um, Bueno, I think as well for. Uh, Brentford perform uh in a Premier League setting uh, with yeah. consistent, really consistent teams every week, uh, as opposed to the Championship, which can often be, um, you play a very different side each each week.
1: Yeah, I think um it's going to be interesting with Brentford because everyone seems to be really excited for them to come up, but they've also forgotten that they weren't really all that convincing in the Championship. What I mean by that is that they could have easily secured um automatic promotion, but they didn't. And they also had so they had to do it through the promotions. Obviously they did that easily, but they're not as not clinical in the, the striking sense, but they're they don't they're not as good as everyone's saying they are. And everyone's like, oh these guys could be like the Lees or the Sheffield United's when they first came up. I'm not convinced. I don't think they've got the quality of player apart from Ivan Tony. They don't have a lot of players that will allow them to compete in this um, high-quality setting.
0: Yeah, they're obviously a side that could, um, could do a, a Leeds or a Wolves, the, the, the teams that have come up and have done really well in their first season um, in the league. And I think, um, I think Watford are going to be one uh, to watch out for. Uh, the last of the, of the three newly promoted teams we're going to have a look at. Watford, obviously, uh, cycling GK, Ben Foster in goal. Might not be uh, the goalie this year, but he brings a lot of uh, talk, uh, a fair bit of excitement around the club, especially on like a media setting. Uh, but I think they could be a side. They've got seven centre forwards, so they should be able to uh, rotate through sh- strikers if they're not performing. And I think they're a squad that could be very, very exciting for this year. Uh, definitely, uh, I think they're going to make it out of out of relegation.
1: I think the interesting thing about Watford is when they first went down. I think a lot of people were shocked not in the sense that like they suddenly went down it was more like people at the beginning of the the 20 was it the 2019-2020 season yeah the 2019-2020 season they were looking at them and they didn't no one really predicted them to go down they have a good enough squad they had a decent manager at the time but everything just fell apart and it was um yeah it's interesting this, like for me it's interesting because since then, I haven't really lost many players. They've managed to hold on to the likes of Troy Deeney, Asar, Um, so and obviously Ben Foster, whether he's in this prime at the moment is debatable. But yeah, so there's no reason why they can't come up and just perform as a steady on 15th, 16th place because they've got the quality of players still at the club um, that we all predicted to stay up in that season they were last in the Premier League. Um, so that's what that's what interests me the most about Watford. But personally, I think if any team is going to survive, it will be Norwich um, out of the three that come up. I, d- I don't think Brentford have enough quality of player. I think Tony will play well, but um, ultimately won't do enough. And yeah, I think I do think Brentford's manager is very very good. So th- 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 maybe he could conjure something up. But apart from that, no.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think we need to have a look at um, have a look at Leeds now. The second season, like syndrome or whatever they call it, um, into the Premier League is something that's talked about a lot. Often clubs come up and have a really strong season. We can have a look at Sheffield, uh, who came up from the Championship and, and managed to have a really good season, solid season, and then the next season after that, which is what Leeds will enter uh, into this 2021-2022 season, um, was just. Shocking! It w- it was not the same brand of football, and it just didn't feel like it was. Um, it was a progress uh, from uh, twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Uh, so I think Leeds have had a really quiet transfer window. Haven't had any massive signings. Of course, they got um, they secured uh, the loan player they had, that being Harrison from Man City. But aside from that, there's been no new transfers. But everyone seems to be thinking that they are going to do a lot better uh, than they did last year. What do you reckon about this?
1: Um, yeah, well, um, you, mean, you you raise an interesting point, and I like to call it the honeymoon period. When they first come up, they're all playing really, really really good football, playing really well. We saw this with Sheffield United. Um, we saw this with Leeds, obviously. Um, and also something interesting uh, about Leeds is that they've got a great manager in their hands. I actually saw a survey today, and it was rating the best managers in the Premier League and Marco Bielsa was third, which I think is very generous. I think you got the likes of Brendan Rogers who could be a big shout as well. But anyways, I'm just getting I'm getting away from the point. I think Leeds will have won't have that second season syndrome purely because they the them the, their manager is very, very good. Obviously Chris Wilder was very good as well, but for Sheffield United um but for me the the of the brand of football Marco Bielsa And also the fact that they've held on to a lot of their players. I I can't see them going down. Um, And also the difference between Leeds and the likes of Sheffield United last season was that Sheffield United never had really any standout individual players. um, Where Leeds do. Um, Leeds have Patrick Bamford, Rafinha, Harrison, Ayling, Dallas. Their squad's more stacked, but I think Sheffield United, United... relied on the manager but also the united like how the team played as one rather than um the individual players coming up when they needed them uh which ultimately led to them just getting found out the other teams worked out how they, they would play football and it only took and I think that's probably why they had a disappointing end to their season sheffield united this year oh and and um the year before it's just because they got found out and people knew how they were playing football so they just um yeah they got tactically found out and they couldn't find any solutions.
0: Okay, that brings me to uh, something I was just thinking about, which was um, was Burnley. Now, Burnley are similar to Sheffield in the fact that they don't have a lot of business going on behind the scenes. They seem to play a similar brand of football each year. How do you think they are going to go this season? There's a lot of talk about them potentially being relegated, but we're really not going to know. But what do you, what do you think uh, about Burnley?
1: I think recruitment will catch up onto them. Um, They don't have any... Um, specifically, any great players coming through the academy um, or just through the young the young teams. I think you, I think his name Brownhill was the only one I know, and also McNeil was a great player. but He's been in the first team for a while, um, and they haven't recruited at all, well v- virtually at all. They haven't really made any outstanding moves in the the transfer market, and the relationship between the owners and Sean Dice is fairly poor. So yeah, I just I think it'll catch up to them, and this will be the last season I reckon. I've got them to go down. Um Sean has Dice has done so much, but um it's about time. So you don't think Dice can save him this last time? No, I think the how many seasons now five as he's done it with, without minimal recruitment. Uh yeah. I mean it's it's so harsh because I think they've they've got a good core there. Um a good core of of players and everything. And they've got McNeil who can come through the ranks and be a really good player, but they're just not recruiting, they're not building the team around them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really disappointing, but I think this is it. Um, the only thing that's got going for them is they're really hard to beat at home, but apart from that, it's about it.
0: Yeah, the, the home ground advantage is going to be one this year that's talked about a lot. Obviously, COVID year sort of screwed up the whole fan situation. Going to see teams that uh, really thrive off uh, home spirit sort of come into it. So I, I'm thinking that Burnley uh, might stay up. Obviously, Chris Wood uh, from across the Tasman, he's a... He's a good player. Uh, I think he'll he'll be able to bag some this year, potentially 10, 15 goals. Uh, that could could save save Burnley from going down. Uh, let's have a quick talk about um, Liverpool this season. Um, going to the other end of the table, of course. Now Andy Robertson uh, has just got a copped a bit of an injury out. I'm not actually sure how how bad it is. I think it's going to be not until about match day, uh, match week three or four that he he sort of comes back. Who do you think is going to fill the shoes?
1: Uh, well, the one that all Liverpool fans, fans are saying is, um, I think his name is, um, it's really hard to pronounce, Tismas? Tim, <laughs> My guy, I've got to get it up. To I, sure. think, I think
0: it's Simmercast. Oh, I, I think
1: that's what I you're talking you're right. about. Yep. yeah. Um, he's looking likely to fill the, um, the shoes of Robertson. Obviously, that's only briefly. Um, but I heard like, something quite, um, I think I just want to discuss it in general um quite interesting. It was someone saying that Robertson getting injured to um for Liverpool is just as impactful as Van Dyke. And I've come to the like I, I kind of agree. We saw how good Robertson was last year. Um and he I think that he was their best player last year for Liverpool. Maybe Salah was just as good. But yeah, I don't know. How did, how do you think about that? Robertson? Uh, I, think I think that's, aunt,
0: I think it's it's very fair. When you look at um, any backline in the Premier League, the best lineups we talk about are, the, are a team that can put four or five or whatever system they play. They can put those players in each week, and they do a job. And I think Van Dyke would have a very similar role to Robertson um, in completing that job. And I think Van Dyke has had a good present has a good presence going forward, um, but Robertson ha- has such uh, an impact on that left side of the pitch. Yeah. Mane's been a bit out of form, and I think Robertson's really helped to to fill that side's shoes. So I think that's that's very fair. I'd almost go as far to say he's he's more impactful, especially with the new signing um, of Kanate that Liverpool have made, and they have a bit of depth in that centre back position now. So yeah, yeah, I think he's just very impactful player, and he will be one to watch once that injury sort of fizzles out.
1: Yeah, obviously the um, Van Dyke um, injury did impact Liverpool a lot last season, but that wasn't really like they still finished third and they didn't start dropping off until around January, February. And that was because they lost Milner, they lost Henderson, they lost um, multiple center back, like uh, massive and stuff, people like that. Yeah. So the fact that Van Van Dyke didn't cause an instant drop in form for, um, for Liverpool last season, it was the, the domino effect, I guess that did, um, but also, Robertson's one of the best left-backs in the world, and people forget about that. Um, and I still think he is one of the... like Even last season, I still think he was one of the best left-backs in the league, um, despite playing an average-performing... ball, well, at least it, well, it seemed to be average-performing Liverpool side, but they still pulled off Champions League football. So if you're Jurgen Klopp,
0: you're, um, you're thinking that Simakas is going to fill the shoes at left-back Liverpool midfield has been weakened with Aldam out, but I think they'll sort that out. Now, one of the most interesting decisions at that club is going to be whether to play Firmino um, or, or not to play Firmino and to potentially play someone like Yoda or even Harvey Elliott. Oh my goodness, what a player he was! The, the last few practice games for Liverpool, he has been something special. So, what would you do uh, if you were Jurgen and trying to decide what's going to happen with this front three that they seem to play each year?
1: I think. Um... It's hard because I think Firmino, he allows Salah to be good. He also allows Mane to be so good. Obviously, Mane dropped off last season. But, um, yeah, I think it's time for stuff to start. Like, I think they're starting to get worked out, Liverpool up. And I think like that people are to to, um, I don't know, I think they're becoming a bit predictable. They've been using the system for three, four years now. They just need to, I think they need a bit of refreshing. I think Firmino's time at Liverpool may be coming to an end. I mean, at least he, will, he won't reach the heights he did back in the 1920 season or even the 1819. Um, um So, yeah, I think Jota will slowly work his way into that team, but the only issue is he kind of occupies the left, which is Mane's position, despite them both being really the inverted winger style. Um, yeah, I just I think Firmino, I think he's a great player and I think he got overheated last season. But I don't think... Um... I think it's time for him to be honest.
0: Yeah, fair. Um, Obviously, Yoda is a, a wing-aligned player. He used to play uh, at, at the Wolves. Uh, and he could sort of play on either side, but definitely favoured the left. Um, We've missed him a lot. Uh, we thought he wasn't uh, as impactful. And then when he went... Uh, it, it left a massive hole, uh, which couldn't really be filled, leading to a disappointing more than
1: season. Injury into yeah, I
0: mean, I, I'd two say I'd say Jimenez was was very. Uh, that was a massive loss, probably more significant. But losing Yoda then sort of showed if you didn't have either of those players, we could not seem to score goals. So I think, think Yoda I mean, could be very impactful for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I think we should talk about Wolves, and I've personally got them. I think they've got the the old Benfica management manager, I believe, is that right?
0: Yes, they do. Uh, Bruno Lager,
1: I think. Okay. So he's he's managed the like of I think Zhao Felix and Grimaldo, am I right? So yeah, he he loves the um the attacking fullback, which really really actually highlights a particular fullback, um, Ait Nori. I think that's the best way. how you say his name, right? Yeah, so Ait
0: Nori. Ait Nori. I don't know if you know, but he's been playing uh, like, almost like a winger in yeah. season.
1: Just like that Grimaldo. Um, so he's got experience with those sort of type of players. And I think he will transform that Wolves into a slightly more attacking side that, that it was under Nuno, at least was under Nuno last season. Jimenez um, out. Um, but on for me, a lot of those players, they're not necessarily deadwood. I don't mean it as a bad thing. They're Nuno's players. They're, they're players that worked in Nuno's system. And obviously Nuno's system was heavily um heavily impacted from that um Jimenez injury. He had no longer had a target man relying on Fabio Silva, who isn't really a physical target man. So they couldn't play the football they wanted to play. Um that's that's why I think Lago will struggle. That's why I think he'll struggle because he's got a lot of players that aren't quite um yeah, they're not his players. I think I don't think Wolves are uh, anywhere near finished in the Premier League. I think they've got to need a year and a half, just a bit more recruitment. Bring players in, bring bring the players in the manager wants. And then we'll see what happens from there. But I think I've got them finishing in the bottom half of the table this season.
0: Yeah, as a Wolves fan, I've got hope. Uh, I think Jimenez coming back is gonna be uh is gonna be awesome just for the front. Just to have a similar a player that's everyone knows um just for connection and the likes would be really helpful. And I also think that, uh, that they have a have a good chance of finishing high. Um, with with these these attacking fullbacks, talk about um, Nelson Samato didn't have a massive impact last year, but I think it's hard to fit into a system that's already already been developed um, for uh, certain players. For Doherty uh, at right back, and he's obviously gone to Tottenham. He's doing nothing there. But I, I exactly. think he he could have a massive impact, and Aitnori, and it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they line up, uh, and also the the style of football uh, in terms of the the pace of the game. Often got caught on the on the back foot last year, um, with no real counter attack. So it'll be it'll be good to see uh, if we can sort of start to get some groove back. Not even challenge for Europe, but just start to get some points on the board uh, consistently with some some good
1: football. I think Doherty, like, perfectly explains the idea of Nuno's player. Um, I think it's great that they're reunited at Spurs, but um, it proves that he left, he left the Wolves, and he, he literally did nothing at Spurs. He was playing more right back. Even when he was given the license to go forward, he wasn't the same player. And, yeah, that's, that's why I think the Wolves team will struggle. It's just they're not suited to playing anything other than Nuno's play style. Um, apart from the likes of Jimenez, Jota, and Neto, obviously they're relatively new players. Or not Jimenez, but relatively versatile players.
0: All right. So all who know Ben would know that he's a he's a big Spurs supporter. Uh, ben, what are your thoughts on them this year in terms of transfers and 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 how they'll go?
1: I think um, yeah, I think we've made the right transfers. Um, I think we need to be uh, get more done this week before the Premier League starts, before we know what happens with the Kane situation. But the likes of Brian Hill coming in and um, Romero and obviously the, the backup keeper. Um, yeah, I think Romero is a brilliant signing. I think he's actually gone under the radar. He won Serie A Defender of the Year last season um, with the likes of Koulibaly, the likes of Skriniar in that league. Not easy. Uh, and delict. So, I mean, he's a pretty good player. And I think the fact that no other big clubs... Kind of competed for him was um yeah probably probably lowered the price a bit and 50 million that's i think it's reason that's a reasonable price for him um brian hill gets eric lamella out of the club brings in some new some dynamite i guess gets out of the dead wood and yeah i'm I'm looking forward to the season i'm not i think i think the reason why i'm looking forward to it is because my my hopes aren't that high i think nuno will work because i do think doherty will become the player he was again. I think he actually might be a player to watch out. He actually might be reignited. But yeah, I'm 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 hopeful for a top six spot. I I wouldn't be too angry at a um a seventh or an eighth finish because as long as we're playing attacking football, I can't complain. And before you ask, Kane's got to go. If he's his heart's not at the club, he's got to go.
0: You know me too well. Ah, uh, so Kane He's been—it's been just rumors coming out every day. Every time I wake up, I seem to see something new about him. Whether he's staying or signing something, or if he's out on a medical somewhere. So, do you, realistically, do you think he is going to stay?
1: Um, do I want him to stay? I'd love it. Um, do I think he will stay? Possibly. Should he leave? Yes. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. Um I
0: don't think that answered the question but that that's a way to put it. So, no, so do you think do you think he will stay in the current climate of Tottenham?
1: Oh, it's so hard because Daniel so Daniel Levy is so um oh, he so stubborn. That's the word. Uh, he won't move and um plus yeah, I don't know it's ho- I think it's hard for him to get out of Tottenham. I think Man City want him. Um but yeah, it I I, I Especially with the Grievous signing, it's also hard because he wants to send the Premier League. If it wasn't for his own ambitions, I think Real Madrid would, really, would have signed him by now. Or if, if he wanted to go to PSG, he would. I, thought, I, I honestly think PSG could afford him. I'm not sure about the wage bill at PSG, but um, they haven't actually spent that much chance of budget. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. It, I think he, I think he will go, hopefully, if he wants to go. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's, it's hard because I, it, it, things change over time. I feel like he's more, I think it's a stupid decision if he stays, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does.
0: All right, there's Ben gone full circle. Speaking of players Man City want to sign, Aston Villa. Now, they've taken away uh, their star player, Jack Grealish, 100 million. But I think Aston Villa have done really well to sort of recover um, from that massive loss. Now, we've seen Emil Buendia. We've seen Leon Bay, We've seen, oh, seen Danny Ng. Somehow he's, he's left Southampton. And we've seen Twan Zabi uh, from Man United come over to Aston Villa. Now this is a side that has had some leaky uh, has had some gaps um in it, but I think they are gonna be a much more challenging side, um, challenging for the Europa um, league spots um with these new players.
1: Yeah, I I'm I'm c I'm I am i am am i do not think I don't think they could do much better with the money they've been given for the Jack Burris dining. However, I'm not convinced entirely that they'll compete as highly as many other people think because Grealish created top like one like, is it the fifth most chances in the whole world last year? <laughs> like
0: yeah it was something something ridiculous.
1: crazy. That's ridiculous. I think Watkins got 16 goals, which is um fair enough. Which like that but I mean you've got to score that many if you gain that amount of chances and also the big chances as well. It's not just um average average chances. So yeah I think Yes, I do think this is the best they could possibly do. They've brought in young players, exciting players, similar players. Buendia is quite similar to Grealish; He can play centre mid, cam, right wing, left wing, etc. Very versatile. Um, I've also liked how they've brought in a target man in Danny Ings and also Leon Bailey, a bit more of a pacey. They're, they're completely stacked. They've actually arguably probably got a top four um, front line.
0: I wouldn't go that no, you... far to be honest, but they have. Wait,
1: so where national is interesting. Who would you put your top four L- line? Top, top four front, line. front
0: lines. I'd yeah. have to put.
1: Kane not at Spurs.
0: Is Kane not at Spurs?
1: But oh, that means it's at City. Yeah. No, we, 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 we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do Spurs with Kane.
0: Okay, so my top four for uh, attacking sides is Manchester City. I'd have to put Chelsea over. Um, Aston Villa.
1: That's interesting. So Chelsea, this is before they've got Lukaku. They haven't got Lukaku yet, right? Uh, are
0: we, are we making this list in saying that they've got Lukaku or not? no, no, no Lukaku, no Lukaku. Okay, yet. so Lukaku is going to sign for Chelsea. We can go on that um, when we go into the match week predictions. and have a look at Chelsea, um, but I'd still say that they have a just so as. Verna, if,
1: you really think Werner, who else? Werner,
0: Havertz, Mason Mount, Pulisic, all all these sort of players. Um, (sighs) I I, I do think that they would be better than Aston Villa's front three. I'd say the same
1: for Liverpool. Watkins, Buendia and Bailly. I think that's, I don't know. I think based on last season, I think think in terms of potential-wise, I think Chelsea's is better. But I think at this current moment, you could argue you could argue for um from what we've like from what we've seen in the premier league we could argue because Wendy has been in the premier league and um two seasons ago um ings was smashing it for southampton um did he win the golden boot he got very close to it um two seasons ago and also was very good last season but just southampton were dreadful in general um, watkins was very good last season i mean havertz wasn't very good last season Werner wasn't very good last season uh ulasic was Disappoint, like he was. He had sparks where he was showing he was good, but also showing he wasn't that good. I don't know. I and then Leon Bailey is what then unknown, I guess. Seems so, like I don't you're know. Putting,
0: I, you're putting Aston Villa as one of the top,
1: like probably top three. Ones.
0: Okay, that's that's fair. We have to see.
1: I think. Yeah, I think in terms of what they've shown, I think they arguably are. um yeah, they're very promising. I uh, I think Spurs got to be up there if if they keep Kane because Kane and Son kind of Trump, it's like a Trump card. I think Liverpool is a better than Aston Villa's Salamane and Firmino. You know? Uh I think Manchester, um, is Manchester United is definitely better. So it's it's probably it's probably top 5. But I don't think Chelsea's is that good yet. And I think it's also got Chelsea's also got potential to be the best. But like, don't get me twisted. Chelsea's this year will probably be the best. I think mean, Habits will have a great season. I think Werner will have a great season. I think Lukaku will have a great season if he goes. So don't, don't like don't get me wrong. I think last season, Chelsea was fifth. And now this season, with the potential they have, I think they might be creeping their way up to the top.
0: Well, that's interesting. That <laughs> Yeah, so I think Let, let's just have a look at... Uh, at the table, right? We are not. We obviously won't go through the whole uh, table, but we'll have a look at the top. Now, have you got Chelsea finishing on top of Manchester
1: City? If they get Lukaku... Well, no, okay, it's down to... Chelsea look a lot more likely to get Lukaku than Man City look likely to get Kane. So, I think if, if both Man City and both Chelsea get the strikers, Man City wins. If only Chelsea get their striker, Chelsea wins if neither man city wins <laughs> It's really difficult. I'm gonna say man City. I'm gonna say man City's gonna finish above um finish above Chelsea
0: so it's it's man City, then Chelsea, yes, and then who's following from there for the Champions League places?
1: Liverpool and man United. I think man United actually could win the league. depending if they have a good season or not i think all all top three can win the league i don't think liverpool can i don't think they've done enough recruitment in the middle i think jordan henderson is coming towards i think he's had his like not he's not finished but i think he is on a slow decline i think the loss of Vinaldum is major like he played most of the games last season for them and i think milner's also on a decline i think we've seen this for a while and I also think Thiago's yet to prove himself in that Klopp system. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, I think Liverpool are still a very strong side. But I think, I, honestly, I think Liverpool need to recruit. And people have been talking about Naby Keita as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a breakout season, but I still don't think that um, midfield is good enough.
0: Probably a, an area that Klopp will want to sort of improve in the next, next few years. Milner's aging. He's such a good player, and he's been for many years. But
1: yeah, I can't believe I didn't mention Fabinho. By the way, sorry. Um, Fabinho Henderson. It's it's very good actually, it, but I don't think it is good. I think they injury prone, also. I don't think it's as good as the others. It's arguably better than Man United's because when they play McTominay and um, McTominay and Fred, it's not very good. However, if they get Bruno Fernandez and um, Pogba, and that number eight pivot spot, the double pivot, and they allow Sancho to go a bit further up the field. I mean, it's it's very, 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 very good.
0: I think what we're talking about is is excitement and that midfield in Liverpool has the players to do that. They have Tiago, who had a had an amazing season at Bayern before he came to Liverpool, and it's just sort of it's felt like a slump for that midfield. So they don't seem as exciting, but it'll be um interesting to see how they how they play in uh the first First game, especially against a weak Norwich, uh, a side that will be playing similar sort of championship football uh, as opposed to Liverpool's established Premier League style of play. So as we have a look at some of the top teams, you have to look at uh, the way they're going to score goals. And the top teams often have the top goal scorers. So who are your top goal scorers for this year?
1: Uh, It's Kane, even if he stays at Spurs. I think I mean, I think it's Kane. Um the way that he's managed he's managed to develop his game to the point where he doesn't need other players feeding it to him. Um he's yeah, he's got to the point where he can make a dribble himself even though he's not the quickest and still score and he also also makes chances for other players and it's surprisingly for a player with no no pace whatsoever in comparison to a modern day footballer he is very good on the counter attack. And I do think Spurs will be better this year than they were last year. I just think everyone around them's improving a bit better than they are. So I've still got Kane with a close. Um, it's close between Lukaku and Kane, but I've got Kane.
0: That's two players who uh, could end up anywhere. Uh, we don't even know if Lukaku is gonna gonna be in the Premier League. There was an interesting press press conference uh, I've just had a look at with Tuchel, and he's saying he's not going to talk about Lukaku, but very much hints at the idea he's already at the club. Um, conducting tests or whatever um, whatever they do. And I think he could be one that has a great season. We've seen him in the Premier League before, um, just lacked a bit of consistency and didn't really get backed by the fans. But I think uh, he could have a really good season. But he's not my striker. And I actually don't think the top scorer this year is going to be a striker. I think too many sides are playing with, with one up top uh, that really isolates the centre forward. So... I'm going to go for a player from Man City um, and it's going to be Riyad Mahrez. Now he hasn't had, he hasn't had, just, just listen to this. He hasn't really had a preseason season um, in terms of like the Euros and all of that, but the last, I, I, I just see someone different um, getting a lot of goals this year for Man City and I think that right wing slot could very much be locked in uh, for Mahrez, not as a rotation point, but as a player who who scores Many, many goals because he has a finish, and he has a this raw ability to be able to find himself a spot to shoot, and he seems to be in the right position. And I think there could be some Kim. Like uh, it might not necessarily be Marez. Could be someone at, at Liverpool or at Chelsea, but someone playing out wider that's gonna uh, invert um, their position a bit and, and score a lot of goals.
1: So, if I, like, I I disagree heavily. <laughs> um... Purely because at this point in time, Bernardo Silva is still at Man City. I know they trying to get rid of him. You've got the likes of Foden, who can also play on the wing. You've got Sterling, who's just come off the back of a huge Euros. And you've got Grealish coming to the club. Now, I have heard that Grealish is actually going to play more of a can-centre-mid role. However, I still think the rotation potential at that club is going to be far... He's going to get rotated far more than any other player. And the, the Salah, and the likes of Salah, then the likes of Kane, the likes of Lukaku, the likes of Bruno Fernandes as well. He could he could have a surprise season and score a lot of goals. Um so yeah, I just I know where you're coming from, but also he's not an inverted winger. He's he's like an, a traditional winger. Like he it doesn't he cuts inside, but he he he's not like Salah. He's not like Salah or Mane or Son. He doesn't actually play down the middle. He plays quite far out wide and Yes, he's got a very good like. He's got a very good shot, but his eye for goal isn't as good as the others. Um, I think that's a wild call. It'd be if you, yeah, if you get it, it'll be incredible. Incredible prediction if he does become top scorer. Um, but I see the likes of Salah being more likely to win Golden Boot than Riyad Mahrez personally.
0: Had to go a wild shout. If, if this if this works, uh, and you'll see this on the clip at the end of the year, that'd be. Amazing. But we'll have to see. He could just flop. No, I'm not sure what's going to happen, uh, to be honest. But top goal scorer, we've had a look at. How about some of the, the young or potentially exciting players that could have a real breakout year uh, and really put themselves on a pedestal within the Premier League?
1: It pains me to say, but I think um Smith Rowe might have a great year. Um, He might not get the goals and assists that um is kind of associated with a breakout season but i think his influence on arsenal will be second to none um he's just got the number 10 shirt meant to be the replacement for mesut Ozil. and i think he's superb i think he will be huge for arsenal this season um almost like i actually reckon he will have a better season than saka did last so that's my that's my man Not there's nothing really to it i just think he's is he might not be the best youngster in the league, but I think it's more of his influence on the team he's playing for. If that makes as much sense as possible, I don't know. yeah, no,
0: that's that makes that makes a lot of sense. I'm actually gonna say Nicolas Pepe. Now he's hasn't had the biggest impact, um, in terms of Arsenal. He's been very good in in moments. He's had so many um times when he's got a he's just created something out of nothing, but it hasn't really come to anything. Um, in terms of consistency as a player, and I think this year, uh, with Arsenal lacking in terms of a bit of composure uh, up top in terms of Bamiyang Yang and and Lacazette, I think that Pepe is going to play a much more advanced role in the team, and I think he's going to uh, score a lot of goals and have a big impact um, that he hasn't really been able to do for other seasons. Is
1: this is this for youngster or is this for? Surprise. Just,
0: just someone who will be like a surprise package that sort of has a okay. break, breakthrough in okay. the Premier League. You can go again if
1: okay. you okay. Like. So then, No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I guess I think mine would be Kai Havertz if it was um, surprise, and I think youngsters Emil Smith Rowe. I think Havertz has come off the end of a quite a, a pretty good Euros. I think he's shown highlight, like he's shown, um, yeah, he's shown some really good signs in the Euros, and also towards the end of the season he started picking up some form score in the Champions League, that will do a whole lot for his confidence. And then your yeah, youngster, I've already explained, this will be Smith Rowe. How about you? Who's your youngster?
0: Now, I've sort of been tossing up about about the youngster. Um, now, I'd like to say that Francisco Trincao at, at Wolves will have a have a big season, um, potentially find himself a, a secure spot at Wolves and will pay the transfer fee or whatever it is. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I think when you look youngster, you got to have a look at at some teams that have have struggled to uh, to break through to the top four, but have really showed signs. And I think Richardson at Everton. Now, obviously, he's a pretty established player, but he hasn't had the consistency that some of the other players at Everton have had. And I think with no with no guilty, uh at Everton, he's going to sort of have to step up as a, a as a transition from defence um to attack and I think he could be uh could be great for Everton this year.
1: Game week one coming up very, very soon. Uh we've got some big games, Tottenham versus Man- Manchester City, Leeds versus Man United. Um yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts. So we'll start with the first match, uh which is played a day before um
0: all of the others. And it is Brentford versus Arsenal. Now, it, it should be obvious what's going to happen in this game. Arsenal going to wrong um, a, a side who haven't played at this quality. a, a young side, but I think there could be uh, could be a bit of a battle in this game. I don't think Brentford are uh, quite have it, uh, but we still don't haven't seen them on a Premier League stage. So I, I, I just don't know. I, I think Arsenal are going to take it. But I don't think it's going to be easy for them.
1: I think this game reminds me a lot about the first game last season. where It was Arsenal versus um, Fulham, and Arsenal wiped them three 0 And Arsenal have a tendency to um, show be very, very promising in the the first the first few games. They were top of the table, I think for the first three games um, last season. I think this will be a confidence Arsenal win. Um, I think it'll be an exciting game to watch. I think it could potentially be a 3-1, but I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal. Arsenal to keep a clean sheet with the new signing of Ben White. And I'll say 3-2 to Arsenal.
0: Um, I want want to see a lot of goals in that game. Ivan Tony, I'm pumped to see him. Now, Manchester United versus Leeds is probably my most exciting game of the week. Um, just cuz there's the leads this attacking side who can can roll points from any team in this league and then there's Manchester United who have a lot to prove uh coming into this season
1: yeah um same for me it's just yeah th- these games tend to be really really exciting the um the derbies especially with both Leeds and Man United being quite attacking teams Leeds especially um, uh for me I think this will be a very exciting game. I think Varan and um, Varan and Maguire won't have had enough time to secure themselves as a good like they haven't had enough time playing to each, with each other yet. So I think they will be a bit rusty. I think it'll start off. I think Man United will win comfortably, but I think it'll be a very leaky game. Lots of goals, for to Man United.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go with a a weird one here. Sorry, Cameron, who did feature in season one. I'm gonna say Leeds. And I think it's going to be 2-0 leads. Uh, We we saw them with an impact straight away, um, not necessarily results-wise, but in terms of just being able to fit into the Premier League last season. I think with a year under the belt, um, the likes of Rafinha, uh, Patrick Bamford will sort of um, help this team to to really push through the ranks. And I think this could be an upset of the week. So then if we continue to... um, to Sunday at twelve, um, here in Australia, we have five games being played. So we've got Burnley and Brighton.
1: I think it'll be a two. I think it'll be quite an easy win for Brighton. I think Burnley, um, obviously at home, it's hard. Oh, actually, I'm not sure. I think it might end up being. Oh, I don't know. I think it might be a draw. Just that Burnley, Burnley at home is difficult.
0: I'm going to say a classic Brexit no-no draw from Burnley. Then there's Chelsea uh Crystal Palace. Should be a whitewash. What are you hoping to see from Crystal in this game and especially for this season as well?
1: I think uh, I think Crystal Palace will show a bit of bit of quality in the first half. I think they'll hold up against Chelsea quite well. But also I don't want to see Crystal Palace go out there and just sit on a low black low block and just um yeah, I hope I I do hope they go out and attack the game. They've got Brilliant players, the like of Zaha. I know um Eze is injured, but um and they've made a few good signings. So I'd I'd like to see them try and go out there and beat them, but I don't think it'll happen. I think they'll hold on for the, the first half. But I think it'll be a um a 2 0 win to Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I think I think Chelsea should should have Crystal on this one. I'll say Chelsea three, Crystal Palace one. I think the Patrick friera um Grand football, we'll we'll see them become a more attacking side. And I think they might scrap a goal from somewhere. Everton-Southampton is another one. Um, Southampton, a lot of people are saying they could be in that relegation battle. For me, Everton is a side who could potentially disappoint this year. I think last season we saw these transfers that they'd made and they... Still couldn't quite get it together, so I'm hoping that they can have a decent season. Uh, I think they should get on the right foot um, with a two-one win against Southampton, but I'm hoping that they're not too shaky. Hopefully, they can secure a starting eleven that can play week in and week out.
1: I think this will be quite a, um, a boring game. I think Southampton has lost their attacking threats with the likes of um the likes of Ings leaving the club. I think Ward-Prowse wants out. Um, and I also don't think Redmond is going to cut it up front uh, but I also think Everton will start the season off shaky I think that lacking confidence after that Man United 4-0 loss so um, I'm actually going to go a very boring 0-0 for that game Club. yeah
0: mate. there's going to be a 0-0 somewhere uh, the pre-season nerves going into game week one often lead to a, a really defensive style a team who are going to play a very defensive style. It is Wolves, and they're coming up against Leicester this week. And I think for me, I just want to see how they're playing, what's going to happen with the the set setup. And I think this one's going to be a draw too. I'm going to say two all. Um, Leicester to start on the front foot, and then Wolves to sort of come back.
1: I think this one's going to be um, a whitewash. I think it's. I think Wolves are going to take a while to get into the motion. Um, this season i think leicester city have just come off winning the community shield um so yeah i think leicester city will come here come into this game with confidence and i think they might beat them 3-0 then we
0: have watford and aston villa the attacking threat of this year uh said by ben but i think they should roll watford uh, i think it's going to be a reality check for watford coming into it. the the premier league again i'm going to say aston villa for watford 0
1: Oh wow. Okay. Um yeah, I I agree in some sense. I think that they won't I think it will be confident Aston Villa win, but also I don't think it'll be as easy to roll um Watford over as they are. They're like they haven't made they've made quite a few signings this window, but they also haven't they've kept the core there. So they're still at core, a relatively um experienced team. They know how to grind out results. Um and, yeah, so they're, they're more familiar with, with, with one another in comparison to Aston Villa, however. They're, they're, they're new. we have got Deer. The whole new front line is completely different and they're also missing their captain. Um, I do see Aston Villa winning this, but I don't see it as confident. I think it might be a 2-1 Aston Villa win.
0: Jeez, that's, that's one that's much closer. Now one that definitely won't be close. And if it is, I um, I don't know what's going to
1: happen. Norwich and Liverpool. What do we think? I think it will be a Salah masterclass. Um, I think he'll come out the blocks and Salah will just score a brace or even a hat trick. He does it. He does it every season. He just comes out and um, just scores a bunch of goals. Normally the first game or um, within the first three or four games. So I don't know. I feel like I think Liverpool will come out and just wipe what um wipe Norwich. Sorry, not Watford. And Yeah, I think it'll be a Salah man of the match performance. Three 0
0: all right, I'm going to say the same. I was going to say uh, Norwich just don't. Uh, I'm not sure what I uh, expect of Norwich. No, you know, Buendia is going to be very interesting uh, and we'll have to see how they go. I think it'll be a slow progression for them. Potentially could make it out of relegation. Now, Newcastle and West Ham. West Ham were a side that no one thought would do well last year. I don't think there were many who would have said that they could have challenged for those top four positions, uh, but they end up ended up, actually challenging um, for them. I think they should win this game, but I think Newcastle have a have a fair bit to offer despite uh, what seems to be being said about them. I'll say West Ham won, Newcastle nil.
1: I think, um, yeah, I think Antonio will come out of the blocks. Um, yeah, really, really well. I think Newcastle have a lot of quality players, the like of Almiron, Wilson, Lassell's... Um, and also, Willock looks like to be looks like he's going to be signing for Newcastle. Um, so I'm excited for Newcastle this season. If it wasn't for Steve Bruce, I think his style of football is one of the worst in the league, and I think they Steve Bruce is really limiting Newcastle. Um, I think it'll be a comfortable win for West Ham. I think the only difficult thing about this game will be for West Ham is traveling abroad all the way up to um, all the way up north to play at Saint James Park. But, yeah, I think it's going to be um, a West Ham 2-0 win. On to the
0: final game of the week and one that could um, could be a very good game. I think it should be a game of quality. Um, it's going to be funny to see Harry Kane uh, play for Spurs. I think he's going to be playing for Spurs, but he could be playing for either C, uh, team. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the last few days uh, before the season, uh, what's going to happen in the transfer window. Um, but I think Spurs could have, could get some sort of points from this game. Uh, they are at home. There's going to be fans. I think Spurs,
1: I think Spurs are going to scrape a three all draw. That's, that's a lot of goals. Um, I'd be very disappointed if that was the result. Well, I mean, if it's, we concede three goals with our new signings, Romero. He might not come straight into the squad. But I think. um. Yeah, Man City Spurs is kind of a new modern day rivalry. It's kind of emerged. It's more that Spurs have always been the underdogs and Man City have we've limited Man City's success. Um yes, yeah, so especially in the Champions League final in 2019. Also the um we beat them two nil two nil last um last season and also limited them to two two the other season, um with a very dodgy VAR. So I think Man City have got a lot of bad blood for Tottenham. Um and also, I think there's something you've got to talk about here. How often Hyung min Son performs against Man City. I've been considering bringing him in just for this game in my FPL, but um, yeah, I, I still think Man City would be very, very strong. I do see Spurs may be surprising and getting a point, but I don't think it'll be 3-3. I think it'll be a 1-all. A 1-all. A
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. That's there's going to be questions asked about Tottenham all season. Uh, there always are. This new media uh, age this has seen them heavily roasted no matter what they do. Um, so, yeah, that will be a good one to watch out for. Something to watch out for is the That's Football Fantasy League. Now, we have did this for the Euros, got a fair few um, in, but we'd love to see some more. So there'll be a code in the description of the podcast. Uh, but I'll run you through uh, the idea of it. So essentially you pick um, 11 starting players and three bench players um, on the Fantasy Premier League like website, and you essentially, they get points based off their uh, their game. So say someone scores a goal, they'll get a certain amount of points depending on position. So Ben and I have made our teams. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you about, about them. Uh, and then... Yeah, we'll have a, another. We'll talk a bit more about the the league itself. So, Ben, in your starting a uh, team, what is what do you think your lineup is going to be in terms of formation and some of the bigger players?
1: Yeah, so my formation is going to change a lot throughout the season, as um, it really depends at what fixtures I'm trying to target. So, obviously, if a bigger team plays against a um, and not so good team, I want to get as many of my better players on the pitch. Um, so yeah, I think my 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 formation is um, three five two at this stage, um, and this is really just because um, of the opening fixtures, which I'll talk about later when we discuss in my players. How about you, Paddy? What are you going for in terms of formation?
0: Formation. Formation. I'm going to say three five two. I think I've been. Having a lot of looks at what's going to happen. Honestly, this thing stresses me out. Um, I've just had too long to think about it uh, in, in in lockdown here. I was thinking about Tony, but I think I'm going to play five midfielders, and I'll have to see how it goes. Uh, but this could change at any moment.
1: Okay, um, so so Paddy, who who are for you the must haves in your team? And you're not moving them, no matter how much you change it between, um, between now and, um, yeah, between now and the future. What are your must, your must, yeah, your must players?
0: My must haves are Salah and Fernandez. Now most people have them uh, in the team, but aside from that, there's not a whole lot that I'm saying. They are 100 percent stuck in my team. I think Antonio up front is going to be stuck, um, but I'm not even sure about that. I've got Yotta in the midfield, a player who could be playing, could not be playing, he could uh, be out. I've got Luca Dean, a, a player whose price has gone down from 6 mil to 5.5 and is looking like a deal. But even then, that could that could fail for me. So, yeah, I think Salah and Fernandez are two obvious ones and, and also the keeper, um, the Brighton keeper, Sanchez, who's cheap at a good price. What do you reckon for it?
1: yeah so my my must haves personally uh, shaw alexander arnold fernandez sala and almost ings i think ings will be great for um i think ings will be great for aston villa because i do think aston villa are going to build around ings it's it's not going to be watkins that's moving around to um sorry it's not going to be ings moving around to um supply for watkins it's going to be watkins supplying for ings so I think he'll get a ton of goals this season. And also he's got very good styling fixtures. Who's the player that's like a bit of a budget player that you think might surprise um, a few? Who do you think is undervalued? Is probably a better way of um, describing it.
0: Undervalued, there's this one player and it's Rafinha uh, for Leeds. I don't know if you'll talk about this player as well, but he just seems at 6.5 million, seems like a player is way too cheap um, not to go for. Now it's hard to fit players into the midfield because if you have Salah, Fernandez, and another premium midfielder like Mahrez or Son, uh, or even Havertz, it's hard to fit him in. But I think he's one whose value is just too good to look by, to look past. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think Rafinha is a great option. The only thing that concerns me is his opening fixtures. Um, let me just have a quick look at them. Yeah, so Manchester
0: op- United is a is a tough
1: one. Man United in a derby is a tough one. Everton at home. Um, Everton at home isn't as hard. But um, yeah. And then Liverpool coming up. So for me, something I'm really focusing on this year, and the reason why I'm not going through Rafinha so early, is, um, is value and price of my players and getting my team value as high as possible. For those at home, um, when people transfer in, so let's say... A bunch of people transfer in um, a player. They increase in price based on how many 100,000 people transfer them in. And the issue I have with Rafinha, he's going to start at 6.5, and obviously it's going to stay the same until game week one. But if he doesn't perform in Man United, Everton, um, or in the Liverpool game, these first four game weeks, everyone's going to be rushing to transfer him out, despite his fixtures getting a bit easier. But the general player, the average player, is going to transfer them out. Which means now he's going to be only worth 6.3, point um, six point four. You know he's going to be losing value. Whereas I'd rather bring in someone who has easier starting fixtures and has a, a pot and is relatively cheap, a bit cheaper than um Rafinha. So it's less less of a risk, like the likes of Smith Rowe. And as I said before, I think he's going to be great. He's got Brentford to start off with, and then he hits gets hit by Chelsea. But the thing is, so cheap I can afford him to put on my bench and then bring in another player.
0: So I'm going to talk about a player for the first few game weeks. Now, obviously, this is a very tactical game, um, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of luck behind it. Now, one of the things I want to have, have a look at is a luck, uh, sort of a, a lucky player who is going to get uh, games, probably, um, and a player that's at a really cheap price level. Now, we're talking about Simakas. We've already had a look at him. And he is going to be in my starting 11. Now, I think no matter what you, anyone says uh, says about him, if he's starting as a left back for Liverpool at 4 million, 3 million cheaper than Robertson, I, I think you can't look past him. And even if he doesn't get any returns, I'm still thinking that that could have been Robertson um, who didn't get that return uh, either. So he's a, He's a no-brainer for me, but I've seen Ben. You've got Trent uh, in your starting eleven. I don't have Trent at all, and that's going to be one of my differentials. I think it could end up uh, backfiring heavily, uh, but for me, it's just a, a, a risk I'm sort of willing to take to make up
1: for um, in other areas. Yeah, I think um, Trent is going is is due to improve on his season last season. It wasn't even a bad season. For is a bad season for Trent's standards, and obviously, it was more his defensive capabilities that were more concerning. But that came along with all the other injuries in the team where he was more reliant, but they were Liverpool were more reliant on Trent. So, I think even if Trent has a decent season, the 7.5 he is so cheap, especially now we've got um, Van Dyke back and Canate. So, if he doesn't get the attacking returns, he's going to get clean sheets, and that's why. T- um, if I can say the name right again, Titsumacass is so valuable now as very good opening fixtures. There's no risk there. People buy 4 million players for their bench. So if you're playing a 4 million player who is playing, there's no risk if he doesn't get points because most of the time a 4 million player is going to be on your bench. So there's no reason not to have him in your team unless you have too many Liverpool players, Um, which is my, I think, will be my case. I'm not sure if I want to double up on Liverpool defenders purely because if they both don't, if I make like, it's a, the reason why I don't want to double up on Liverpool defenders, if they don't keep a clean sheet, they both blank. Whereas if I have another team that potentially get a clean sheet, I don't run the risk of both of them blanking as much. Obviously. It's
0: such a tactical game. We highly recommend you get onto it. Um, there's the, so many talking points. There are so many YouTube channels out there and stuff who do it a lot, uh, who take a look at it a lot better than uh, we do. But yeah, it'll be. It's always something fun. Uh, usually dies out towards the middle of the season. But I'm hoping that I uh, stick with it this year. Um, we have the code uh, for the league, and this is a league that runs throughout the year. And it's not like a head to head league. Your score each week just adds up, um, and that'll put you in a, in a final ranking. Uh, It'll be awesome to get as many people uh, as we can. Now, I'm just getting the league up here. It's called the That's Football Fantasy League um, and the code 9E9042. So that'll be um, the code for this league. It'll run from the start of the season to the end. Um, Hopefully, we can get a fair few of you guys on it Uh, it's always something to look at each week bit of a friendly competition Uh, i need a bit of brains to do it so you know right right up our alley not really but yeah
1: yeah looking forward to it it's gonna be very interesting um i hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast it's been a very long one been stretched out a lot but i think it's only necessary we've got a huge season coming up look forward to most likely weekly updates maybe every second week of this podcast throughout the season yeah, look forward to seeing you guys again.
0: And that's football.